pile of cockles, brown bread and butter and a bit of vinegar. Delicious. And people come from all around the world to try a Clark's pie. So good, you have to try them. Hi there, welcome to the Loving Welsh Food Podcast with me, Sean Roberts. Today I'm going to Cardiff Market to visit two stalls there and I'm going to be chatting to Welsh food consultant Nellis Howell. Our guests love coming to the market, the hustle and the bustle, and also the fact that the tastings on the tour are a little unusual. Okay, I'm here at Ashton's in Cardiff Market. Uh, it's one of the largest fish retail outlets in the UK and synonymous with Cardiff Market. I'm here with Michael. Hi, Michael. Uh, hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Okay, so I'm a Cardiff girl, as brought up in Cardiff. Ashton's has been here for as long as I can remember. Tell me a little bit about the history. We started in 1800. We technically did start just outside. It was owned by the Ashtonses, and the Adamses bought out the business in 1973, where it's still owned by the son of the uh, owner. It's always been a family-run business, and it's carried on for over 200 years. Uh, how long have you actually been here? I've been here for about 12 years now. I was originally going for another interview. I didn't get it, and I'd seen a sign for just a Saturday job and ended up staying here by accident, more or less. Uh, tell me really all about what you're selling. When you come into the market, what do you see and what do you sell? Well, if, for example, we're starting from the uh, shellfish section, for ex- you'll get your usual items, your Welsh usual items, cockles, lava bread, very popular. Then you'll have something like um, your bash, your bream, your cod, haddock, redfish, bream. Very pop- or then, for example, your smoked fish, smoked haddock, manx, kippers, quite a popular thing. Plus, um, fishmongers traditionally used to go off and do poultry during the times when um, fish weren't that popular. So, for example, so and we keep that tradition on. So we sell pheasants, we sell po- we sell pigeons, partridge, rabbits, and that's just something we've carried on doing. Gosh, I, I didn't know that. I knew that you said I saw somewhere like a very strange sign about zebra and crocodile. Are you still doing those? Um, we attempted to do it. Sadly, during COVID, everyone got onto it, wanting to try something new. Tried it once, and then that was it. <laughs> to blame so, them. Yeah. Okay, so on the tour, we come here for the lava and the cockles, obviously very Welsh. Um, you say it's a very popular dish. I have to say, a lot of people see the lava bread and they go, oh my God, I'm not trying that. Looks like Some people say it looks like roofing tar. So who are the regulars that come and enjoy it? We have quite a few regulars. A lot of the um, traditional Welsh people who've known it for years had it when they were ch- a child. I just remember, I was speaking to a customer the other day. They were in their 90s saying that they'd been here that they came here with their gran and they bought themselves some nice cockles and lava bread at the same time. It's just a natural tradition and it's carried on. So what exactly is lava bread? Welsh food consultant Neris is joining me now to tell me all about this very well-known product, what's so special about it and the many different ways that you can cook with it. First of all, what exactly is lava bread? 
<laughs> is it a bread? People always say, is it a bread? You'd think it might be. Oh, no. Do you remember the story when I sent somebody out to buy lava bread and they went to uh, one of the supermarkets and they couldn't find it and they were um, they were directed to the bread section, funny enough. Well, no. <laughs> it makes sense. Yes, yes. Lava bread is a seaweed, of course, which is collected. I can't remember the porfora something is the uh, Italian uh, name for it. Latin name, sorry. And yeah, it's collected along the rocks and along the coast, mainly really around the Gower area, Pembrokeshire. There's a, I think, I, there's not some, seems, doesn't seem to be as much in North Wales. And then it's collected, it's washed, and then it's uh, boiled for four or five hours, obviously to tenderise and then pureed, and then that is lava bread. And if you go to Swansea Market, in the middle of the market, like Ashton's, you'll find pots of lava bread dusted with oatmeal, because traditionally, of course, it was mixed with oatmeal, made into little cakes and cooked in the bacon fat for breakfast. It doesn't look very enticing. <laughs> when I take people on to Ashton's on the tours, yes. it kind of looks a bit like cooked spinach and it's yes. in a big fat tray. Yeah. Um, what does it taste like and do you like it as a... As a... I, 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 um, I suppose it's the texture that puts you off. It's like cooked spinach. It's quite slimy, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't taste of much. It tastes of the sea... Um, and I like to add things to it, and I think it's wonderful in in dishes. You know, it's such a healthy food. It's high in iron and minerals, and really good for you. Very healthy. So I mix it with lemon. It goes really well, and herbs and breadcrumbs. Make little balls or make a stuffing um, over fish. So you make a lovely crust over a piece of fish. Um, we also I also developed um, a lava bread burger. Which is a. I've heard about this famous <laughs> burger. <laughs> so I mix that with a mixture of oats and breadcrumbs and some herbs and lemon. And of course, the great thing about lava bread, because it's so wet, it binds everything together and you just cook that. Now, um, that could be a vegan option. It depends um, if the lava bread has come into touch. Is, to contact with other seafood or whatever but um yeah and you serve that either on a mushroom or with bacon or, or with with a poached egg it's, that's delicious so it's very much a marmite product on my tours some people love it others not are you a fan of lava bread i'm quite fond of it i quite like it on a nice bit of toast to be honest i know some people for example have it with some bacon Obviously, you get your traditional with cockles. I was speaking to someone the other day, and they had it. They bought themselves a nice piece of a lamb, and they spread the lamb bread over it, allowed it to to go for a day, and then cooked it. and It's meant to be really nice. There's so many things. It's so versatile. And what's great to see that chefs across Wales now are using lava bread in a more contemporary way. I know um, the Beach House, I think they have lava bread. Bread, actual bread, they use it in the bread. You make a lovely dip with it, don't you? With I do. Yogurt. Yep. So, yep. yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. You can do very simple things with it. And then also, you know, slightly more kind of refined dishes. Yes. Um, cockles. People are always like... What are cockles? Because we so what we do is we serve the lava bread and cockles with a little bit of vinegar because obviously yeah. we can't cook anything in the market. So what exactly are cockles? Well, I suppose you could describe it as a mini clam, really. If people are, uh, you know, it's a shellfish, obviously it's small little shell um, shells, and you'd see the shells in on all the beaches, really in Wales, aren't they? They're all across, and they've got lovely fleshy sweet I think meat with a little orange tint to it um, and you just cook it simply and boil it like you do mussels really just for minutes you know and once the shells are open they're cooked 
Um, I, I love them. I used to work, um, eat them as a, as a child, my grandmother. Pile of cockles, brown bread and butter and a bit of vinegar. Delicious. My dad was from Llanelli and mm. every Saturday morning they would have cockles, mussels and lava bread. Mm. Um, what is I find interesting and, and something that we talk about on the tours is we're an island nation. Wales have got three sides of coastline. We don't eat very much fish. So what, what, why, So we have an amazing fish industry. What kind of fish do we have? Well, it's mainly white fish and fantastic shellfish, so crabs and lobsters. You know, around Anglesey, you have the lovely blue lobster, uh, and that's, you know, it's so delicious. Um, and But the problem is, we don't see much of it here because it's exported to Spain, Japan, China. They really relish in, in those sort of, and they'll pay a lot of money for it. And I think that's the problem uh, with Wales. We export a lot of our fish. Um, b- because people will pay good money. You know, if you go to uh, Brussels, uh, then most of the mussels there are from North Wales. Uh, you know, 80% are, are, are exported. OK, so where does the fish come from? Obviously, that comes from West Wales. The other fish, where does it, where do they come from? Well, we do get... Your, we do get some uh, local fish from Panaf, which is just down the uh, docks. But then we also get some, a lot of stuff also from Cornwall, Grimsby, and around uh, in Scotland as well, especially, for example, the salmon. But we also get things from a lot farther afield. Our red snappers, for example, come from the Maldives. Plus, we also get some red snappers from the Caribbean as well, very popular. OK, what do you enjoy about your job? I enjoy what I enjoy about the job is the fact that you don't really know what you're going to do the ne- on the very next day. You don't know who you're going to speak to. You don't know wait what new fish you're going to sell. It is also quite a family base, as I said. So, for example, you get to speak to people on a regular basis, at, and you do get to know your regulars and what they like, and from there. Do you like fish, or is it a bit of a busman's holiday to eat it? I'm quite I'm quite fond of nice hake. That's my favourite fish. It's a beautiful fish. How do you get people to join you in this industry? What would you say to somebody thinking of coming to work in Ashton's? Why would you try and persuade him or her? If you want a job. <laughs> you know, it sounds really bad to say it. <laughs> but, for example, look at how I sat. And most of my colleagues sat. It is a case of you needed something, uh, needed a job. You don't really think about it. And you end up staying here for over 12 years as I have. I'm thinking all my colleagues there. He sat in the exact same situation. He's been over here for almost 50 years now. Oh, well, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Thank you very much, Michael. Cheers. Next stop today is Market Delhi, where I'll be talking to Andrew about the stall and what we offer on the tours, including one product which has a very interesting name. Uh, tell me a little bit about your stall. What do people see when they come into the market? OK, as you enter the market, it's like a Victorian building. It was built in 1891, um, for a market market purpose. A lot of people think it was built for a prison, but it wasn't. It was built for the market. Uh, There's two levels to the market. We're on the ground level. Uh, There's two entrances, St Mary Street and Trinity Street. If you're coming through the St Mary Street entrance, we're on the right-hand side. Uh, As you approach the stall, there's uh, an array of different types of meals from all around the world. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the kind of story behind Market Deli. Who started it? Are you part of the family? Uh, I'm not part of the family, but I've been working for the Market Deli now since 1999. Uh, it's a family-run business. I believe we're on our sixth generation. Uh, the first store was opened in 1906 as a rabbit trader. Um, now we've got nine stalls. Uh, we're a deli now, but we used to sell like 
poultry and sausages and pork. Now we're trying to sell more cooked foods. So. Okay, so we come on the tour to try the faggots and the Clark's pie. Always a talking point. Um, we do get a lot of tourists who come in and like to try the faggots and peas. There's usually a little giggle when they buy them. Uh, Why is there a giggle? Uh, because it's got uh, some conversations in America where they think it's uh, a term for a homosexual man. So people say, we'll look at the faggots and they'll take a picture of the sign, they'll come and have a look. But generally, you know, they're, they're, they're well met and people love them when they try them. Yeah, I have Americans who just, you know, oh my God, you eat faggots in yeah. Wales. They're always uh, amazed. Tell me a little bit about the faggots as a recipe and what's, what's special about yours. Uh, so the faggots is a family recipe um, from generations now we've been selling them. Uh, they're made from pork, pork liver and breadcrumbs, spices. It's a blend of spices that nobody else knows, only the people who work there. It took me a while to have to find out the recipe and I've been here a while. So, But yeah, they're really popular. Um, they're cheap. Um, they're a nice meal. People come for for faggots we can't keep up with the demand on them to be honest what do you serve with the faggots uh, so we serve them on the stall uh, you can either buy them on their own or we serve them with uh, mushy peas and gravy which is a very popular choice in wales it's the law you have to have mushy peas um i like a faggots and chips or faggots and mashed potato with gravy but not fan of mushy peas so. what about the clark's pie uh clark's pies that's another um family recipe from the clark's family uh, they've been making pies for over 100 years as well um it's our most popular pie we sell hundreds of them a week and people come from all around the world to try a Clark's pie. What, what's special about it? Um, personally, I think it's the pastry. The pastry is like a shortcrust butter pastry. You won't get it anywhere else in the world. It's so nice. It's so good. You have to try them. So you have Welsh dishes, uh, but you also have international dishes. What are your best sellers? Uh, so out of the international dishes, we do um, a Chinese curry, which is like a Chinese curry with egg fried rice and noodles. That's probably our best seller. We do have a, a lasagna, which is also a very good seller. Uh, that's a family recipe, but you've got people who come from Italy who love it. Wow. Uh, because they say that the most popular dishes in Britain are curry and lasagna. Why do you think people aren't going for the Welsh dishes as much? And who, who are your customers for the Welsh dishes? Um, so the, well, it's hard. The elder generation usually like the Welsh dishes. They're more traditional. Okay, so the, it's the elderly people eating the Welsh, Welsh meals primarily. Why do you think the youngsters are not interested in things like faggot? Um, I think it's to do with the awful they stick in the faggot. is the liver. It kind of puts people off. Um, and if it's not on Instagram, they don't want it. I love Andrew's answer about Instagram and totally agree with him. But to find out more about why our traditional Welsh recipes are not as popular as they could be, and also a little bit more about her job as a Welsh food consultant, back to Neris. Uh, Neris, you have many hats. You are a food consultant, you are a TV chef, you're an author of two cookbooks. Um, I, I'm going to give you a new hat, Welsh food guru. Oh, thank you, Sean. <laughs> I think you deserve that hat. Uh, so tell me what a food consultant actually does, a Welsh food consultant. Well, um, I suppose it's a description I gave myself because I didn't know what else to call myself, really, because I do all sorts of things, really, anything to do with food and drink. So it could be like food marketing and promotions. It could be um, promoting Wales as a food destination, food tourism, we call it. Um, so I suppose my interest started as a child. Um, both grandparents were farmers, so we were used to eating seasonal food, food, food that was available on the land. Um, and then I went on and did hospitality course. 
uh, degree and then worked in the NHS and then in the private sector and then since moving to Cardiff I've been freelance really so started work with SOC um, 26 years ago on Heno uh, and I'm still doing cookery demonstrations on uh, Pnam Da, the afternoon programme so yeah and still love it. So yes we started I mean, I've been working with you promoting food and drink for many, many years. Um, and when we first started, I remember going abroad and people hadn't heard of Wales. So um, how have things changed since then? And, and what, what do you think about the food and drink scene you know, currently in Wales? Okay. Um, I think those initial years were instrumental in developing what uh, is now a thriving food industry in Wales, food and drink industry, actually. We had the brand that, uh, True Taste of Wales, so uh, that really helped to put Wales on the map, I think, and celebrated quality food, uh, which, was, which we are famous for, really, Welsh lamb, beef, cheese, all, all of that, really. Um, I remember when I moved back to Wales, I was uh, slightly horrified that uh, we were so reluctant to promote what we have on our doorstep, you know, and I think that's uh, generally, we, we're very shy and introverted, aren't we? We don't shout about what we have. Um, and, um, and and I think one, one of the main reasons I started the company and wanted and, and love working in this field is I want to share uh, the message that we have such amazing food and drink in Wales. I mean, I, I kind of, when I did, I made a DVD about cooking and the food tours, and it is because when I started working with you, I didn't know very much about Welsh food because we just, you know, yeah. we, we, we welcome other people's cuisines, uh, we promote other people's cuisines, but actually, I mean, it, it's changed hugely. We do now see Welsh food and drink on the menu, but, you know, we're still lagging behind, I think, uh, aren't we? Absolutely. There's a long way to go. You know, uh, one of my dreams is to have, make sure there's cowl on every menu throughout <laughs> Wales, certainly in every pub without Wales. You know, it's such a lovely, comforting food. Why not? And when you serve it, you know, people love it, really. I know it's peasant food, but that's what we're good at. We, you know, we don't have high cuisine traditionally. Um, it is what was available on the land. And, um, and I think that's the background to our f- Welsh food cuisine, really. It's cooking what is available and in season, which happens to be very trendy now and is completely sustainable, of course. You're amazing, Welsh food guru. If somebody wants to get your book, your cookery books, where would they get them? Um, so they can get them on my website, howlfood.co.uk. Um, I think they're in all the Welsh uh, bookshops, um, uh, Cantamil and Caban in Cardiff. And what, what are the books? What, what are you showing? Okay, to? so uh, my latest book is uh, Bwyd Cymrini Denmar, Welsh Food by Season. I, I uh, uh, wrote it during lockdown, actually. So it follows the seasons. So it's all about eating seasonally, eating local Welsh food in season. Naris, I hope that your dream of cowl on every menu in Wales comes true. We shall see. (laughs) And that's it for now. A big thank you to all my guests, Michael, Andrew and Neris. If you'd like more information about Ashton's, Market Deli, Cardiff Market, recipes for lava bread and the cowl, our national dish that Neris mentioned, check out the podcast notes. Our next podcast will be a Six Nations special. Until then, thanks for listening. This has been a Waffle original audio production for Loving Welsh Food. Audio production by Alfie Arnold for Waffle. Original musical score by kind permission Peter Cronin. 
Copyright 2022, Loving Welsh Food and Waffle Audio.